Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And thank you, Dick Warren, for that lovely introduction. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, here as I sometimes am with uh, Alex Terranova, Professional Certified Coach, Author, and Generalized Bon Vivant. How are you? I'm good. I've never heard that term before. What does that mean? Bon Vivant? I'm sorry. You're going to have to look it up. So everyone listening is going to have to look up a word now? You just gave everyone a project? I did. It's homework. It's an assignment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex, I can't help but notice uh, that there's a there's something different on your face. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, I said to my family, I was like, we're, this family is way con too concerned with body issues. One person it's weight, <laughs> one person it's hair. Um, and I got a really good response with that. But so, I have, so I the issue, is I've never had one before. I thought, you know what, I just turned 40. It seemed appropriate. And you don't look it. And I'm going to keep saying that no matter what age you become. Uh, see, so your assertion is that the problem isn't the mustache that you've newly uh, created, but that your family has body issues. Is that right? <laughs> uh, I think. If, if it pleases the court. You know what? Look, when I'm, I don't know who has issues because now every time I go somewhere, I'm just thinking everyone's looking at my mustache. Yes, they are. Right? So like, we are. I was at the vet with my dog. I'm like. Is he giving me accurate information or is he just staring at my mustache? <laughs> <laughs> Your dog thinks you're a different guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we can, we can uh, on the YouTube channel, we can ask for votes, but I just want to register my vote right now. I think you're much more handsome without that thing. Like the, the little thing you had before was working, you know, just your face is fine. But this thing, I'm, I'm going to vote no. I'm going to vote down. But I'm sure that this will spark an internet. Well, we should, we should say this is this was actually based on, and I think this is important. As in my journey as a coach, when we started together, you wanted to change everything about me. You were like, he's unprofessional. Really we need yeah. to put him in suits, right? And I went through a journey of, you know, leaving the hospitality business, becoming a professional coach, and trying all these things that were out of my comfort zone. Right. So I wore different clothes. I tried all these things. And where I ended up finding was none of those were good or bad. Right. They were just different ways to show up and different ways to practice. And ultimately, all those things were an exercise. And over the last few years, finding what is authentically me and how I want to show up as a coach and who my clients are have been big. But something that recently has that I've looked at is a lot of us are especially entrepreneurs, we spend so much time in our businesses and working on our businesses, we sometimes forget to have fun. And this mustache was created out of uh, this desire. I was like improving and having fun improving. Um, and there were two characters. There's like the uber spiritual guy. And then the one like, you know, very, very pro-American guy. And that guy had the mustache and I was having fun with it. So it became a character and now I'm not, I'm, I'm playing with it. But I think the key is here, I generated fun in my life that I felt like was missing, especially around my business and the way I was showing up. And I'm now looking at how that can expand into all the aspects of my business with or without the mustache. Mustache is not important, but it generated fun. And maybe in our conversation today, 
this is an aspect of how do we put fun in our marketing because nobody just wants to hear coaches tell them how they can be better all day long. That was a lot to take in. And I really appreciate you sharing that. I can't tell. I feel like you, you, I can't tell if you dozed off because you're elderly or because you dozed <laughs> off because my, I was telling about that. Thank story. you very much. Thanks. Yeah. I, I like playing that edge too. Uh, so <laughs> I just wonder how long, so the mustache is here for a while is what, what I'm hearing. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna see. Uh, you, you know, my relationship at the moment is LA to San Diego, and I'm gonna see Evan this weekend. So we'll see what she thinks in real life. Um, for the moment, I'm having a good time with it. I think it's fun. When I put on my glasses, you'll like this. It's like the when you know the glasses, Groucho. nose, mustache. Yeah, Groucho. Combo. Uh -huh. Right. Yep. <laughs> Ridiculous thing I ever saw. All right. <laughs> Um, that would be uh, Alex Terranova. You can find him on the Instagram. It's very popular. But hey, if you're spending too much time on the Instagram, you know, go go outside. Uh, but his is ins at Inspirational Alex. You can. He's also the author of Fictional Authenticity. You can find out more by going to thedreammason.com. Thank you for being with us one more time. How was it when I was gone? Did you miss me or Great. you just preferred? I mean, we, you know, we look, we miss you. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like you know, when grandpa passes away and you know, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, no, but me, I think, you know, I love that we found, we got Craig in here and Craig has been a great addition and a different voice and a new perspective. So it's fun that I think, I really like that the three of us are kind of almost like playing musical chairs. Mm -hmm. And so you yeah. get, you know, sometimes it's, we just keep changing it up, which I think is just a, a new dynamic. I like it. All right. Great. Thanks. Let's get to our guests because we got, you need to tell, do you need to share anything? You know, I know you like to deflect and not share your life and your world, but is there anything you want to share? Did your kids eat your homework or, you know, spill anything on your computer? Are you still happily married? Do you still have a business? <laughs> Each one of those has a one liner. I'm trying to figure out which one's the best one. Here's what I want you to know. My, my, uh, son is not only getting uh to be near my height but he's a much better athlete and maybe a better student than i was so i'm starting to like you know yeah i look at my son and i want him to grow and be a good human and and be as great as he can be but part of me is competing with him and wanting to bring him down a peg right so that's that's an odd dynamic that i you know because when he was small it was like oh i love this kid forever but now i'm like oh okay i see how it is it makes me want to up my game like suddenly i'm going to go join little league and get much better you know i don't think that's happening do you guys like practice sports at all together are you that dad like when you're do you like throw him pitches like at the park and like throw him high up and high and in to back him off the plate a little bit show him who's boss i'm more the kind of dad who sits in the uh bleachers with my iPad open while he's uh, doing that with somebody who knows how to do that, like somebody that we're paying to do that. You know, that that's kind of dad I am. Yeah, that explains a lot. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Let's get to our guest. I uh, spent some time last night with um, some coaches, some new coaches, as well as some seasoned coaches talking about marketing. So I'm delighted to have a marketing genius with us today. Christine Fry is um, the marketing consultant from the Boston area. Uh, uh, she's wicked smart. She's just published a book, The Generosity Practice, 40 Days to Unstoppable, and her signature offering is the Compelling Expert Program. Uh, she's an extraordinary powerhouse, and it's delightful to have you with us. Uh, welcome. Man, that's a lot to live up to. Thank you. <laughs> so, so first of all, 
let's get to let's just get to it right now. I'm just going to dive right into the deep end of the pool. Let's go. Niche or no niche for coaches? Hmm. I'm going to say niche. I could expand. Do they have to wait? <laughs> wait another quick wait. We're quick. We're, I feel like we're on a rapid fire thing. Do they need to pick it right out of the gate? No. Good question. I actually say give it two years of coaching anyone you can get your hands on. Nice. Without being gross. <laughs> yeah. People don't, people don't grab your clarified that. <laughs> Christopher, do okay. you have the rapid fire? Or is that it? We just had two shots and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to dive in more. I feel like that was my opening salvo. And now we can expand and explore. Because for me, I don't have a problem with coaches having more than one niche. Niche, niche. How do we pronounce that? What? Let's agree on it. I'll say niche. Okay, niche, because we're French. I like it. Uh, so, so I'd say to coaches, let's at the one event that you go to, choose a niche for that. So at that one, you can be the career coach or the writing coach or the creativity coach. But if you go to another one later, I think it's okay to say to describe a different, like, especially if it's a themed thing, like you're going to a meeting of creatives, it's okay to say, I coach creatives. What are your thoughts? Hmm, that's interesting. And I think I see the word niche a little differently. When I hear it, I think of who's the audience, right? But what I'm hearing you say, Christopher, is it's like a specialty, right? You're a writing coach, you're a career coach, like you can just flip a switch. I would just be curious about that. Like, I don't know, you tell me, cause you're in the profession. I just work with coaches. Is it easy for you to just be like, well, today I'm going to put on my writing coach hat. Tomorrow I'm going to do my career coach hat. How, I mean, if I can ask you a question, how, how easy is that for you? Well, I used to do something even slimier, which is uh, people would say, you know, uh, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm a coach. What do you do? And people would say, I write books. And then I'd say, oh, I work with people who write books. Now, that's pretty slimy and a little bit manipulative, but it wasn't false. Do you know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah, I don't know if I would see that as manipulative because if it's the truth and you're giving uh -huh. them value, then you do write, you work with people who write books. Right. And, and if it, if I didn't, but I had like a composer or something, I'd say, oh, I work with creatives. So as to have them hear an opportunity for themselves. So you think that's fair? That's not slimy? Not slimy at all. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, you if you had nothing to offer writers and you're like, oh, I want to try that. And I'm just going to swoop in and say I'm a writing coach or whatever. Like that's slimy. slimy. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a, this is a great differentiating point too, in the sense of Christopher, how you train coaches and how I would say like a lot of ICF approved or accredited, you know, I don't know other coaching programs, but my assumption is um, that in the training of coaches, right? We can coach people on anything because we're not experts on the topic. Um, right. Something that I noticed, I recently did it, had a conversation with a guy who was a uh, a chief something operator, I'd, an officer of a company. I never, I don't know what the middle letter was. I'd never heard of this position before, but he ended up choosing a different person to work with instead of me. And his reason was I wanted to work with someone who's built a company exactly like mine, sold it off and made money. And I wanted they, I wanted like his experience in his direction. And it was like, great. He got exactly what he wanted. And, and when we had our conversation at the end, I was like, Hey, if you ever decide that the how isn't the thing in the way, right? That he tells you everything of how to do it. And somehow you're still not able to do it. I'm here for you. And my door is always open. 
And so I love the idea, like, I, I think I have a niche uh, to a degree, but that I, I'm with you as I can, I don't, I don't manipulate people like you do, Christopher, and change, you know, who I am in the moment. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, but I do think when people like when I am with people, I can coach anyone on anything, as long as they're willing to not need me to give them the instructions or directions, which I don't think is coaching. And I would, I would say it's important in my experience, Christine, I'm, Christina, I'm looking for your input. It's important to be able to connect with people or for them to be able to connect to the service you offer. Mm -hmm. You know, if I say I'm an ontologically coach, ontologically trained coach, I don't think anybody knows what that is or cares, right? But yeah. if I say, oh, I, I work with people to produce the result that they've been yearning to produce for years, suddenly we got something. What are your thoughts? I would say that, yes, if you're in the mode of you're in front of people who might become your client, then that's a great way to put it. If you're at some kind of, I don't even know what it would be, a place where people just need to know your specialty so that, you know, I mean, some people are more thinky and they need to have the label, right? So it might depend. Because if you do have that training and I need that, I need an ontological coach. I don't even know what that is. Um, it would be great to know that that's what you do. Do you think, Christina, that it's better to have, or, or you know, just in, in marketing, to have these labels that are kind of generic, like I'm a business coach, right? Which suddenly is sort of applies to all business or life coach applies to whatever anyone wants to apply that to career coach, performance coach, these kind of generic labels or to be really more specific in what you call yourself and say like, Hey, I'm a writer's coach, or I'm a, you know, I'm an executive coach, something that's like a little bit more just specifically in your title. I actually like all of those that you just mentioned. I know some of them are more general. I would say that life coach is maybe the most general of them all. And that's why that one, I would just really need to know like what kind of results somebody is creating because I'm a little cynical around like anyone can slap a life coach label on their um, website and just, you know, trot it out. And you just need to show me that you've actually worked with people and created results. And you're like speaking to that in some meaningful way out in the community. Um, because yeah, it just, I don't know. I mean, again, you guys are in the biz. It seems a little saturated. Like it, it seems like right now in history that tons of people are disillusioned with their work. And life coaching seems like, oh my gosh, low hanging fruit. What a wonderful, fulfilling profession. So everyone is just jumping into it or a lot of people are. <laughs> so then the question is, all right, fine. You got the certification. Now what? Like, why should I do business with you rather than the 150 other coaches that are in my life right now? I so I suppose marketing gets even, and more like specificity and niching and all that jazz is probably going to help it's so a great. lot. I hate how my life is going. So I'm going to go help other people with theirs. <laughs> um, I'm wrong. I, I have a follow-up question to that. What about something that we make? So when I started, I had this vision of my company being called Dream Mason. And I had this thought of, we're all Dream Masons. It's not like I'm this wizard, you know, crafting people's dreams for them. Uh, and so I, when, when I first started, I hated the term life or business coach. I thought they were too abstract. And I would say, I'm a Dream Mason. And then people would say, what's that, right? Because it's not a, and ultimately I kind of got annoyed with, I had to keep explaining 
and I didn't want to do that. But some people thought that was great because it generated conversation. I had to be in conversation with them. What about coming up with terms when people create terms like that that don't have meaning that they have to? Is that a grid strategy? Is that is it better to have something that people know so they understand? I would say if it causes confusion, I mean, I suppose there's a fine line between confusion and curiosity, because <laughs> at least like if someone is asking you, what is that? It might be from the perspective of, ooh, what is that? But it might be from the perspective of like, what the heck does that mean? So I suppose that might be something to do a field study on. And I would actually say that for every term, because if, if you're just sort of confusing people and you don't know if it's good or bad confusion, um, if it generates a, a productive conversation, then yes, that's great. But I'm, I'm like, as a marketer, clarity and simplicity are always the way to go. So I do veer in the direction of just tell me you're a life coach and then tell me the kind of people you work with and the results you create. Yeah. We've been, we've been speaking about uh, sort of like a one-on-one, -on -one, like in a, in a um, networking or an introductory event or something like that, where you're meeting people, where you might have to describe what you do you have a program called the compelling expert and for many of us as coaches we're used to saying i'm not the expert in your life you're the expert in your life right but you actually think that it's a powerful marketing tool to become or to be seen or known as an expert will you tell us about the compelling expert program and what you're what what you can take us from the schlubs we are today to what yeah so let's say I would ask any life coach to contemplate their top five clients. And when I say top five clients, I just mean, you know, the representative clients where you've done great work for them. They've had results and it's just, it made you better as a coach and it made their life better in some way. Right. And when you look carefully at the value you provided, and it can be really multifaceted, um, but the most important things to be honest about it, like maybe they came to you for one challenge, but you actually created results in a completely different area because that's what came up. And that's, you know, um, that's where you get your answer as far as like, wow, I'm really good. There's always like these pleasant surprises when you take the time to look at that stuff. You look at the results you create and you're like, I am so good at helping people who are freaking out about retirement and giving them a plan. And like, maybe you didn't know that before you did this process. So, because you have other kinds of clients, I did this with um, somebody in the financial world who was kind of coachy. I know it's a different profession, but she did this process and she realized um, I'm really good at helping couples who don't see eye to eye in their finances and helping create unity and harmony and alignment as far as like, well, this is what we're going to do for budgeting moving forward, or this is how we're going to invest our money. Like that was her jam. She didn't know that unless she really looked carefully. And I would say that's an expertise to be proud of, you know? So it, it sort of goes back to how long does it take for you to figure out what your niche is? I would say, you know, with those two years, you're also kind of figuring out what your expertise is, not just your niche. I want to keep going with that because now I'm thinking if you have those people, if those people give you information, right? So your, you know, top five that you, as you described, get, actually gave you feedback possibly, or they gave you testimonials, right? Which give their opinion on what, 
is that, do we take that a step further? Do you share those things? Do you use them? How, what are your feelings about like using the feedback from people in your marketing? So are you wondering if a testimonial from a client is something you want to use? Or are you saying like the case study overall? I think, I think both, right? Like how, how do you, yeah. Do you, do you take it and then use it as a case study and you also share it? Yeah. So um, for a case study that might become a featured moment in a talk that you're giving or an article that you're writing, like that's just good information um, to show people that you create results and, and how to do it. So that's that. And then as far as the testimonial, I mean, geez, if you're not putting them on your website, what are you waiting for? Also, you can ask them to go on Google My Business, which I hope you have an account for if you're a life coach and then have them actually give you ratings and reviews there. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's anything more valuable to your future client than seeing the results from your past clients. So if they're willingly sharing that, or you're thoughtfully creating a case study out of it. And it's like, that's you, that's you in action. That's your magic. We need to see it. Do you think that the specifics, sometimes when I see, like when I ask a client, you know, a client will share with me things that have happened for them or changes, they'll say things like, oh, my marriage improved, my finances improved. It's very generic, right? Now it's great. I'm not, I might know the details because I worked with them. But when I see what they wrote or what they put themselves on video, I'm like, well, you really don't know much. And I, do you think that, does that hurt you when, when people are with this or do people really get like those generic things or do people need to hear, I made a million dollars and I'd never done that before? Mm. This is why I typically write the testimonials myself for them. I mean, video is a whole different beast. I get that. Oh, you and Christopher, the two of you. <laughs> and here's why, because it's actually a pretty, it's a specific skill to be able to speak to the results that your next client wants to see, right? Like no one else is thinking about how you're positioning yourself out in the world um, better than you are. So for you to just put that together, not only does it make it easier for your client, either current client, recent client, um, but it, and it also gives them a chance to edit it and make it their own. It's not like they can't change it. It just, to me, it's a lot easier to tweak something than to write something from scratch. And yeah, so I just, I make their life easy and do it. Um, as far as general testimonials, I, they're nice, but they're just nice. They're not compelling to be honest. So just to be like for clarity, right? You, if I was your client, you wouldn't just make something up <laughs> like in terms, you would write a testimonial based on what you, what connects with the audience or the people that you want to hire you, but is also true to the results that I got. And then you would give it to me and say, Hey, does this, you know, accurately reflect the experience you've had working with me or something? Exactly. And how does it, does that go over? I've never even thought of that. I give my clients a kind of a like I'll say, hey, here's a, a guide to help you. It'll have like five questions. Like what, why did you hire me? What results did you get, right? Just so they're not operating out of thin air, but it still often produces a generic kind of testimonial. Um, does it go over well when somebody's like, you write it for them? Oh yeah. And I know that because they get back to me and they're like, nailed it, you know, go for it, use it. I love yeah, it because, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, one, th one quick thing about the, um, 
you know, filling out a form. So to me, that is so helpful for you to know what your clients got out of it. It's also a little bit of extra work for them. They might see it that way. So if you're going to do it, I would just say, you know, you probably do this on your onboarding process. Like, Hey, at the end of this, I would love to have you fill this out just to kind of like prepave. But it's also something that you might just want to build into your last session with them. I'm kind of thinking about this. It's like, that is, you know, it's important to have that closure meeting, which I'm sure you have, but it would be nice to just integrate both of those together, unless you're concerned that they might not feel comfortable giving real feedback if there's something constructive they want to give you. That might be the only thing that they feel better about doing on a piece of paper than write to your face. That's all. I'm actually curious, Christopher, do you, I often don't wait till the end of a coaching experience to get testimonials from my clients. Like I usually, when they're having their big wins, when they're excited and like really like loving the work we're doing, that's when I'm like, Hey, can I get you to hold yeah. the camera up <laughs> instead of right. telling me, you know, tell the camera or whatever. It's often, it's often closer to the front of it because then you haven't settled into, you know, routines where you're like doing this and never on the way out because uh, at least the people that I've asked always say oh I'd love to I'd be happy to and then you're sort of chasing them and they're no longer your client and so it's a little awkward and then you stop and they stop and it never happens is that is that typical Christina I actually want to ask you that question because I don't do that and I'm very intrigued I would love to do that if it works so does yeah. it work for you guys to do that I have the same experience that Christopher does that when it when it's at the end it's a, like maybe a 50, 50 shot. Maybe I get one and it, but I usually have to follow up multiple times. And then I feel like I'm you're right. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like that. It's like, you either want to do it or you don't. And it's fine either way. Um, I just like people to say and do what they say. Right. Part of my job as a coach is to help people stay in integrity. Um, I notice that when it's in the middle and they're excited, right. They just shared, they got a house, they got married, whatever the thing is it feels also, you can feel that excitement when they're doing it versus it being like a homework assignment. Plus it's an actual result. That's the one thing that would stop me from doing it, which is, I mean, has there been a real result yet? So I think that's something I would just pay attention to is like, if there's been a real result, that's when I could swoop in <laughs> and just ask for that testimonial. Exactly. Yeah. When they've wrote the book and sent it to an editor or something like that, that's a great time, right? Right at the right at the, oh my gosh, moment. What, what are the things, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm gonna take us in a little different direction. One of the things that I was talking to these coaches about last night is um, there were new coaches who were very concerned about how they presented themselves, right? You know, and how do, I, how do I go up to somebody or how do I introduce myself to an executive, that sort of thing. But I was surprised to see also a fair number of coaches who've been in, the, in business for a while doing what I would assume is very well for themselves but like my practice, they've had some sort of ebbs and flows lately, right? Like some during the pandemic, a lot of people reached out for help. I understand that the therapists are, you know, at an all time high, right? And coaches, most of the coaches I know are doing very well too. But what I'm pointing to, I think is consistency. So what does it take to get clients and ideally these great clients we're talking about consistently over time, even if you've been doing it for a while? 
Yes. So that is why I created my compelling expert program. So I will happily just walk you through the basics of that because it speaks exactly to that. And I just did a talk yesterday for a bunch of real estate agents and the number one challenge was consistency. So life coaches, you're not alone. <laughs> anyway, so um, there are three things that need to be in place from what I have noticed in my travels. Number one is you need to have a strategy. I call it your core strategy, marketing strategy, that is content rich, that shows what you, you know what you're doing. Um, it's compelling, it changes lives, like you're out there, right? You're doing it. And this is something that could be a podcast or a talk or a series of expert articles. These are not cute, you know, marketing shiny toys. They are things that you commit to and um, they take some work up front, but then when it's going, it takes very little time to keep that ship moving along. So that's number one. And that strategy needs to work really hard, meaning it shows you at your best. Like, it's just like, how do you naturally connect with people, right? Um, this is gonna be your lifestyle. So you need to choose wisely, right? Like it's every day, people, just, you know, to get clear about that. And it needs to meet your business needs. It's gonna be really different for a, a coach that's starting versus a coach who just needs to mix it up a little bit and like really, I don't know, like take a bigger leadership position in the community. So um, the next thing, so that's number one, core strategy. Number two is you actually have something I call a marketing archetype. And that just means your favoriteest way to help other humans. So I'll give you an example. You might be a nurturer who loves to make it safe for other people to thrive. You might be an adventure guide who sees what's possible for people way before they do and you empower them into action. You might be a door opener who is like, oh my gosh, I have so many perspectives to offer you, natural educator. Um, steady presence is the one who's like the pillar, the calm in the storm. They lean back energetically rather than leaning in. And then the last one is celebrators. Celebrators are those who bring the good life to others and they've got like their own special flair, right? So when you identify what this is, then you can create your sort of, I guess you could call it your brand story. Um, it's like, what is that undercurrent that needs to run through everything you ever talk about, right? It's like from celebrators, we love to listen to you, enjoy your work and your life, could listen to it all day long. And sometimes I don't even understand why that's so compelling, but it's true. Whereas if you're a nurturer, we just want to know we, that you understand our suffering and then show us a way through. Very different way to tell a story. So I've, I've been studying that since 2016. It's like, dang, like everyone I work with, there's this lane that if you find your lane, um, you just have boundless energy of like, I call it the contribution mindset. You know, you're just like in that mode. I, I want to stop right here because yeah, I want to I do some work with us right here. So Alex, think about which one you are. I've thought about which one I am. And I know, Christina, you've already figured out which one you are. Will you share with us what, which one you are? And then, and then Alex and I can have some fun. I'm a nurturer with a side of door opener. Sometimes you have like a secondary. So yeah, that's me. Will you, will yeah. you say them really quickly again? Sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just spit like really quickly went through them. There's so much more depth to take, each take one notes, of them. Take notes, Alex, like, yeah. when we're doing this. Take notes. I'm so a non-note like, taker. That's what I, that's my... <laughs> So a nurture is when a dead giveaway for a nurture is that you love making it warm and fuzzy for your people, right? Like you're the one who makes it safe for others to thrive. If you're an adventure guide, dead giveaway is like, 
all right, people, you got to go for it. Like, I see what's possible on the horizon. Like, there's a little impatience there. That's that giveaway. Also, you need to get into action so that your people will get into action. There's a lot of like living by example. Door openers, you tend to have like a gajillion ideas and your challenge is to just narrow and stay relevant and in touch with your people. Um, and then, because you always have so much to offer. Steady presences, you usually hate marketing because <laughs> all you want to do is like geek out and go deep. And then um, celebrators, you again, you bring the good life, you have your own flair. Dead giveaway is in certain situations that seem dull and boring, you love to bring vitality and color and life. Those are the five. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. All right, Alex, you tell me what you think you are, and then I'll tell you what you actually are. So I think I... I I'm, I'm, there's, wait, let me, I could do it both. Go, go for it. What do you you got? think you're an adventure guide, but you're really a steady presence. So I think I'm a steady presence. I think that's number oh. one. Okay. And then I think I'm a split between the door, door opener adventure, right? Like I'm always have new ideas. I'm always trying to, and it's like trying to be focused, but I'm also very much like my clients often don't get to just like wallow away. It's like, no, no, no let's get this shit together and go. Um, but I do agree, steady presence first. Yeah. And so my advice based on what I've heard from Christina is to, uh, <laughs> the, the things that I see you put out there are often about adventure guide or door opening. And I invite you to, to, to actively take on steady presence when you're doing your recording, your social media, your you're like that. Are you willing to take that on? You, you know, what's really, what's really amazing about this is I've been working with my coach on the thing that excites me the most, which is my, the majority of my clients are, are very, have already achieved a whole bunch of success yet their lives are mostly still filled with chaos. And it's like, when right. I got them, when I made a million dollars, when I got my wife and my kids and all the stuff, it was, my life was supposed to work. Right. Why, why am I Kanye Westing my life constantly? 
right? It's that kind of like, I have it all yet it doesn't work. It feels like chaotic. And um, I often feel like I am right that to the point, the steady presence is no, how do we get your life to actually be just enjoyable and, and like the life, which to me is that. So I'm with you on that. I'm trying to figure out how, right? Like how the, what's the, the how for me, please, Christina, share. <laughs> That's what I think about all day long. Um, Christopher, do you want to say what yours is before we go down this track or? No, no, take, take care of. Take he doesn't like sharing or being Alex. vulnerable no. or, you know, he goes to therapy for that, but it's all private. So Alex, in order to activate your steady presence self, there are a couple of things to focus on. Um, number one, just look around your work life and identify your most compelling resources, most compelling people you know, most compelling expertise that you offer. And expertise might be a little dodgy. So I kind of circle back to what we talked about earlier, which is just like, what is the expertise people look to you for? And it might be as general as like, I provide calm sometimes, you know, just like it might be really simple, but start there. Like, and, and another way to get at it is what do you enjoy geeking out about right now? Like, what would you just deep dive on in a professional sense? Like if you went to a conference or you went, you know, to learn a lot, what would that be? So that's number one. And number two is steady presences have, they love acting like a pillar in their community. So if you talk about how you're out in the wider world, making a difference might have nothing to do with coaching. Doesn't matter. It's really compelling to hear a steady presence. Talk about that, share about it, invite people to join, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say geeking out, going deep, and you're the one who can write the long articles, just saying like, go on and on and on and on. We don't like, here's what we love about you. We love that you know your stuff and that you love geeking out about it. We don't even have to understand a word you're saying. It's I'm kind of exaggerating, but not really. No, it's, this is, you're like spot on. This is what, right. This is the feedback. Like I get from when I get feedback from people about podcasting or content, it's like, I love what you're, who you're being and what you're putting out. Um, but I think, I think the thing that I'm hooking onto is right. I'm not a, I'm not a go out there and run around in my community and participate and get involved in things. Like I don't actually want to be with human beings much at all, aside from podcasting and, and coaching. Like it's very small dose. I have a very small appetite for human beings. Um, and yet I want to make a big difference for them. Right. So I, but what I heard you say too, is it could be done through writing and all these ways. It doesn't mean I have to be like out in the, you know, necessarily in the streets leading a march. You're or, doing it here. You know, yeah. You're doing it here. I also, I realized that I, in retrospect, that I really enjoyed when you were, you used to do a thing where you would walk along the beach or the shore every morning and talk to the phone, I assume, right? But it was, yeah. it was cool because it was, to, um, to emphasize the steady presence, it was reliable. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, wonder what Alex is up to today right, or thinking about, or yeah. to use Christina's term, geeking out about. And it was it was like, oh, I know there's gonna be one. And if he misses a day, I know there's gonna be one tomorrow, right? So it's yeah. sort of like being steady, even as you're a steady presence. Is that a thing, Christina? Am I picking up what you're laying down? Yes, and it actually speaks to the subtlety of what you're a steady presence about. You know, you might geek out about like those deep thoughts in the morning, like Christopher's talking about. I was actually talking to a steady presence the other day 
and you know she she sells Jay Hilburn clothing. And rather than geeking out about the amazing cotton that's grown in Italy or whatever, she geeks out in her process with her clients. Like she's really thorough about making sure that they are comfortable and that it's straightforward. And so you just never know. There's no judgment on what you like to deep dive on. Um, yeah. No, it's I, I, both of you. That's great. Like Christopher, you're, to your point, I actually, and I actually think that that's what I thrive on right? Act like me doing and creating actually has me live my best life. When I'm in the like, let's prepare for the next thing. I'm like kind of miserable. It's like when I'm actually in the action of, of that thing. The other thing that I, it, it is the, I think when I was looking, as I've been looking for it, it is the deep thoughts, right? I like to think, and I, I often say like, I wish I'd been born during like Plato and Aristotle and you could just, your time, all you could do is talk about things and think about them and create possibilities, but yet you didn't really have to prove anything or you just kind of could, it could you know, it was philosophy. So there, that's actually, this is really great. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great things to kind of uh, hone in on here. You're really good. This is, you're good at what you do. Thanks. <laughs> it's and like by the way, a compelling well, expert. Yeah. <laughs> Must be. Um, if somebody, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, well, what am I? Um, I'm sure this is going to be in the show notes, but there is an assessment. You just go to innatemarketinggenius.com slash assessment. And in five minutes, you will know. Okay. Let's say that again so that everybody can hear it. Innate, <laughs> I-N-N-A-T-E, marketing, M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G, genius, G-E-N-I-U-S.com forward slash assessment. You got Innate it. marketing genius. All right. Do me, do me, do me. So I think... I think door opener. That's what I think. I always like to muscle test. You guys remember muscle testing? Yeah. Yeah. So anything else or just door opener? Well, I was thinking about what I love the most and I give talks, but I don't love talks. But then I thought about this one talk I loved giving, I don't know, it was like in Austin, Texas or something where I showed up and I said, listen, I've got the whole talk. I've got the slides. I've got everything. Or I could just coach you and talk to you about what you're dealing with. And they said, do that one. <laughs> and so I just sat there and we talked for like, you know, way longer than the talk time about what these coaches were dealing with or wanting to know, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that to me says door opener, but I could be wrong. What do you think? Yeah, I'm getting that your primary is door opener. Actually, let's ask Alex. Alex, yeah. if we had a secondary. So I think he's you? only a door opener. <laughs> okay. <good laughs> like one. I actually feel like when I look at what you said, not warm and fuzzy, mm -hmm. not for most people that not warm and fuzzy. He's not in like a rah rah inspiring. Um, I don't know that there's st steadiness. <laughs> um, and I don't know that he's like adding color to like I think that all of us have aspects of all these things, right? Of in different relationships, but I'm relating to Christopher as like the per one of the people who mainly trained me. And these things, I think all these things, right? He could be all these things in little doses when he really saw that you needed it, which is one of his gifts. True for but, everyone, by the way. But as a as a whole, like door opener seems like just it's like you know, 98% door opener and the rest <laughs> are split, those two percent. When I did my so 23. I, yeah. I actually got um door opener with secondary steady presence. So just oh, that's, play with. that's where I like Alex. Yeah, you never know. So let's talk about door opener. Um, a door opener is somebody who I call it like you have a diamond mind, multifaceted mind. You can look at things from many different perspectives. You 
don't allow yourself or others to become rigid in their thinking. There's like the word innovation is huge. And um, the challenge, like I said, is just, you know, how do you land on one thing at a time that you want to share to stay relevant and, you know, accessible? And as far as how do you tell, this yeah. totally, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it totally explains my desk. Cause you know how there are some people like Alex, you can see his desk. There's the total organization. Mine's got like six half done things on it. Yeah. Go ahead, Christine. Yeah. So the way that you tell your story is um, to first choose one thing. Like I said, choose one thing. And the way you do that again, is just, you're listening to your, um, your clients currently, you're listening to the people who are your potential clients and you're just, you know, you go off and do a run or do some yoga and like really land on the one thing you want to address. And then you offer the examples like any good marketer, like these are case studies, this is what works. And then the last thing is give them a very bite-sized way of beginning because door openers naturally ask people to innovate. Like you're asking us to change pretty much all the time. So just make it easy for us. One example of that is like the 10 day trial for software um, that, like your version of that. So like little baby steps. Um, yeah, that's how you tell your story. That's so cool. And it speaks to the uh, an issue with the business too, because I've got a product that's in my business that's an expensive, arduous, difficult product. And I give people like no, no interim steps. It's either you're in or you're out at this super high level, right? So I appreciate what you're saying. There need to be like, come and do it for an hour, come and do it for three hours, come and do it for a day. And then you can do the big thing, right? Yeah. I mean, again, you don't have to do like a million things to help people get in the door, but yeah, a couple might be helpful. That's so great, Christina. You really are a genius. I think the thing too, <laughs> anyway, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, just one thing. Innate Marketing Genius talks about my clients, not me. Let's be clear. Yeah. To both and go ahead. <laughs> I'm curious for right, Christopher, you addressed how, you know, the thing that I do, like walking on, you know, making those videos, like having this consistent, what's the way that Christopher shows up in his marketing? Like, what's the, is there, what's the thing that he should be up to or doing to be putting his, these things out there? Mm. So I'll, I'll give you an example of a door opener client that is crushing it and he's a life coach. So this might actually start answering that question. And it'll also show that you're pretty much doing it through this podcast. So um, this guy's name is Andy and he is a transformational life coach here on the East Coast. And every he has a, a podcast where he invites the most incredible thinkers. It's not really a life coach focused podcast. It's a, wow, you are doing things so differently. You are innovating in some way. You're approaching this in a, a weird way. You're artistically focused, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, it's this explosion of ideas and perspectives. And so that's door opener on steroids, right? But also it shows how good he is at staying curious, at asking good questions, at truly listening and being patient and offering really insightful perspectives. It's like 80% what it looks like in a life coaching session with him. So he's actually demonstrating his superpowers. And um, he tells me it's absolutely working. Like, I mean, he's, he has a full practice and turning people away. And it's been that way all through COVID. 
So when I say that to you, Christopher, like, is there a way, I mean, you're probably doing it on this podcast all the time, which is a way for you to show how multidimensional your thinking is and how you're already showing the good questions you ask, right? That's, I mean, that's coaching. That's coaching on display. I think, yeah, it's that, and thanks so much. I'll give it, I'll give it some more thought. I don't want to take time out from our conversation with you, but just an initial response is, you know, we do really deep transformational work around here. And I, I was thinking as you were speaking that that's one thing we don't put on display. It's almost like a black box or magic beams. Like we don't know, you know, people don't know. We can talk about, hey, it's, it'll transform your life, but we don't show them. So I was thinking it'd be really cool to have some sort of a, an, like a peak hole. You know how you used to peek into the fence when they were constructing a big building or something? It'd be good to have a peak hole into, into seeing how we do the transformational work that we do. Thank you so much. I, I'm very, barely very gotten so nice. much from a Interview. It's a very, very safe metaphor you just used there. You know, how we used to peek through the peak hole to look at the construction. Uh, we'll talk about what you used to peek at a different time, Alex. Um, but I, I want to, I'm like, used to. Th- now here's, here, I want to go this step further. Does Christopher need, I'm all over social media. Now, not effectively, I would say, but I'm all over. You can find me. And for the most part, most of what I'm doing relates to what I'm up to. You know, it's like mostly through a business sense with like my my flavor blended into it, right? Christopher's not. Christopher, you know, is we, you know, he has a website, um, but it's kind of dated. Um, it, you know, and and we don't really see him anywhere else. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you're on any YouTube videos, right? But he's not really in any other places. Does he need to be? Is this mm. like a, yeah, ha- I mean, obviously he doesn't because he has a great business and he's, but does he need to be this door opener? Does he need to have a presence as this, you know, in other ways? Yeah, that gets back to what are your business needs? So that would be my question. If I were to ever propose a direction for you strategically, Christopher, is just like, do you need more clients right now? Do you need to grow your email list? Like what's going on? Because, and then, then it's time to formulate, you know, a new thing to add to the equation. Um, it's, to me, it's like, the easiest thing to do to add is to add, right? If you think of marketing as an energetic, it's like this, like explode out. It's always exploding out. You're always reaching out. You're always trying to like reach more people, connect, connect, connect. And so it's really, um, it's counter all that. It's courageous even to just very thoughtfully, okay, this is how I'm going to show up for my community. And so that my transformation is on display. And if, if it is time, then yeah, let's put everything on the table. You know, is it time for you to do more than just than a podcast? Because it sounds like this podcast is really for people who are in the coaching profession, not necessarily your potential clients. Maybe, I don't know. So maybe there would be a second podcast. I don't know. <laughs> um, or something else like, you know, those rich strategies we talked about earlier. This is so great. Thank you, Alex. That was a great question. I was thinking yeah. about doing a podcast on facial hair, but I, I think that's too neat. I, I mean, I think, you know, when, as you said, and I, my coach thought I should do this and I don't, I really don't feel like it lines up with like who I am and what I geek out on, but I, I see it for Christopher is like an actual, whether it, it could still be the coaching show, it could be small segments, it could be a whole nother show where you actually coach people live 
NPN, it would be right. You don't have to, it, it could be filmed. It could not be filmed of audio, but that somebody that's potentially wanting to do either work with you or do accomplishment coaching, like get them, they could actually listen and go and have an experience of what it's like to be transformed in that way on the spot. Thanks. Thank you both. This is great for me. I want to make sure that our listeners are getting something for themselves too, right? So, and I'm definitely following up. I'm going to start by doing the assessment at innatemarketinggenius.com forward slash assessment. But um, how can people work with you, Christina? So I'm all, I'm all excited about it, right? Just out of this conversation. Do you work one-on-one -on -one with people? Are there programs, groups? What do we do? Yes. So the first thing to do is the assessment, which we already talked about. Um, and that's a great way to just get going. And then I mostly work one-on-one -on -one as a boutique marketing firm uh, with compelling expert, you know, it's a four-month process clients. So that's, that's the big, you know, the big way to work with me. Um, but I also, through the years, have taken my entire methodology and put it into online formats for self-studiers. Not everyone's a self-studier, but it is there. Yeah, it's like going to the gym. I just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I just published this book around the mindset piece. Um, and by the way, that is the third thing. We started with like, there's three things. We got through two. I just want to add in real quick. The third thing is the generosity practice, which is another way of saying a contribution mindset. This is where you are on fire to help people, even if you've been rejected 50 times in a row. Um, it's where you can just get out of the way when you're in negotiation with someone or just having a high pressure conversation. It's where you discern whom you can and cannot help and you can back away gracefully when it's a no. That's the result of something like that. And I figured out a way to get there in 10 minutes a day with this book, brand new since last year. And the book we should say is The Generosity Practice. This is your book. Is this your only book, your first book, your most recent book? What do we got? How many? Have I have one other book from 10 years ago. I used to be a youth speaker around the founding fathers and their leadership qualities. And it was wow. called The Five Rock Stars of the American Revolution. Ah, <laughs> that's adorable. Every 10 years, you write a book. The Generosity Every Practice, 40 Days to Unstoppable. So what do we get from the book? What will we learn? What so will we learn? you... Okay, just to talk about the contribution mindset, right? There's a place that once you visit this mindset enough that you go into the sort of unknown, right? You're asking one question over and over and over again. It is what feels good to offer to life today? That's the core question. What feels good to offer to life today? And at the deepest level, you can close your eyes. This is a mindset thing. This is not you going out and giving cupcakes to everyone, right? You just like close your eyes. And you have to sit in the unknown for a while, which is even now I've been doing it for seven years solid. It's still really uncomfortable and you're just waiting. And it takes a while to get to this place where you can just sit and wait and not know for long enough that like something comes in. And it's, I call it like, if you can step into that place of nothingness and not knowing anything, that's when grace has a chance to talk to you. So then like something downloads, you see this gift, it may or may not make any sense to you logically. And then you can feel the power of offering that beautiful thing out to the world. And in that entire process is you discerning, like, is this my gift or not? Is this my gift or not? Right. As service professionals, like life coaches just want to help, 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 help. It's hard to say no sometimes. So even just doing this process of like, well, is this really the gift today? Even that 
makes you better at discerning like, yes, this is my person that I want to work with. No, this is not my person. I got nothing for him. This is so I have never heard anybody connect spirituality to um, marketing before, and I love it so much. Right? Awesome. You and me both. <laughs> I totally came across it accidentally. That's the true the way to the way of the true convert, right? <laughs> Alex, what do you think? You you want to start looking at what spirit or grace is having you bring to life today? I mean, I think I just I just read the other day, and this might ruffle some feathers, but it expands. I think your spirituality is who you are in the world. So it's everything. So and and again, we're not speaking about religion. They're 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 different things, but um like your spirituality is your marketing, it's your politics, it is everything. It is it is what, how you show up in the world with other humans and nature and all these things. So, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense to me. I will add to that, if I may. Um, and that is what I love about the mindset part of spirituality, because I love that you just, you know, expanded the definition to include everything, like our lives, how we live them. What I love about the mindset stuff is that when you feel powerless to change anything else, this is the one thing you can still have agency over. So I just, I just love that. And here I thought it was dinner. I thought the one. Hamburger <laughs> um, <laughs> or chicken. <laughs> I love that choice. I still get to decide. Um, yeah, I think that like, I love the, that, ideas like who to me i guess for so i think for so many people too when we talk about spirituality that that it's such a broadly the word like how do you define it right for a lot of people um and if i'm hearing you and and what i'm speaking about is it is a it's it's a relationship you have with humans in the world as a whole like the bigger what what's bigger at play than just you is your spirituality um I think it can get very lost right within people's religious beliefs or lack of religious beliefs, whereas those things can exist or not exist and everyone has some spiritual connection to the to nature to the earth to each other as a whole. The one thing about religion, I would say is like I got no problem with religion here's what I find happens sometimes and and that is just not staying open to evolving needs right? Like to me, the healthiest church is where um, the leadership or whoever is running the show is in constant field study with everyone around. Like, is it time for us to, you know, all come together and have a big old discussion about something that's on all of our minds? Is it time for us to start offering yoga classes? Because that's where we're all headed. You know, who really needs more support right now? Like, so it's a fluid organism. And yeah, there might be some healthy structure around it, like a beautiful building, songs we all like, whatever. But that fluidity is, to me, it just keeps you relevant, keeps you relevant. And like, you're actually affecting change that is needed and wanted, not based on a beautiful icon of perfection that was relevant, you know, in some way that it's like, how do we, how do we stay relevant? That's, that's what it comes down to. It's so good. Uh, our time has flown by, and I'm so grateful for you being with us today, both personally and professionally, and for all of our listeners. I do have a few lightning round questions, if you don't mind. We'll end as we began with the lightning round, and then we'll give you an opportunity for a parting thought. Alex, get your 
lightning round questions ready. Uh, my first one is, which founding father was the best rock star? Was the was the ultimate rock star? I would say, I would say right now my favorite is Paul Revere. Correct. Uh, second, <laughs> second is um, referrals. What's the most important thing when people are asking for referrals for their business? When we're asking for referrals, what's important? You mean for me or just for life coaches in general? Life coaches in general, coaches in general. So how to ask for referrals. Um, I would say first you need to ask really incisive questions of the person you're asking referrals from um, and offer whatever you can on their behalf. Like, hey, you know, how's your life going? Start there. Um, I call it center of influence marketing. You got to love up the people who would give you referrals in every way possible that you can and keep them updated on what you're doing. So that's the other thing. Like if you're a life coach and you're like, well, how do I get referrals? Stay connected to, I would say, start with five to 10 people and keep growing that circle, um, love them up and then keep them, keep them, what is it? Like updated on the big things that you're up to, which means you have to be up to big things. <laughs> So you have to like do things that are cool enough to have like share with the world. So great. Thank you. Um, uh, Alex, you got one? Sorry, I'm distracted. I don't have any rapid fires. Right you don't? Okay, wait, I got no. one more then. Uh, what about direct emails? I see coaches oh, so much, so often trying to email people to get business and I hate getting those emails. I've never seen it work. Does it work? It really depends. That's a whole talk. I would just say cold emails, it's an art form. You need to know what you're doing. Mm, yeah, you need to show it. that you've actually done your homework and research. Do not send me a generic email. I will never respond. And I'll unsubscribe. And every time I see your face, I will curse it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> I think that's Alex, a great, got... wait, I think, I think you just hit on something really great that we should say. If I think if you don't, and, and um, if you don't, love something or you hate something is that a good model to go right like, i'm like christopher i hate getting emails like i just i don't want any emails that i am not in an interaction with um especially like blasted emails right like i don't care what the sale is or what you're offering i don't want it and so my approach often is i don't want to do that because i don't like it i don't want to do it to other people is that a good mindset when you're thinking about your brand and your company I would say that I'm going to go right back to the field study. Let's say you have five clients that are like, they are showing the same challenge over and over and over again. And you've got a methodology that, or just a thought process or a perspective that would be really, really helpful. And so you know that it's relevant, right? You know that it's really helpful and you can translate that into a series of emails that would just get people fired up and like, oh, I never thought of that. Like you basically take your best stuff from your clients yeah. which again, they're like human um, tested. You've tested this on humans already. So now you have to just write it down and share it with the wider world. That's when emails really touch people. It's been so great to be with you. Although I'm, I'm noticing that I'm a little worried about Alex. Uh, Alex Terranova, you can find him at thedreammason.com, but he, he sounds like a sociopath to me. He doesn't like the people, he doesn't like the emails. It's a lot of stuff this guy doesn't like, in all, in all seriousness. <laughs> thank you for being with us, Alex, author of Fictional Authenticity and a contributor to Redefining Masculinity, wherever fine books are available. But this year book uh, that you wrote, Christina, it's available 
everywhere. I found it on Amazon. Look right there, the generosity practice, 40 days to unstoppable. I want to thank you so much for the work you've done with us today. Thank you for the work you're doing in the world. And do you have a parting thought or a parting shot, something you'd like a few thousand coaches to know today or to think about yeah, or know. gnaw on? If you feel a bit unfocused and you're not quite sure you've got something valuable to say to the wider world, just take a moment and contemplate one person in your life that you love and what you would love to offer that one person. It will change your entire day. And don't worry if you can give it to them based on budget. Just get into that flow of like, oh my God, it'd be so great to give this person, like I'm paying off their mortgage, whatever it is. Just go there, try that on. I, I so love everything you've said today. I'm going to start trying to be your best friend. Uh, it's so great. That's Christina Fry. You can find her at innatemarketinggenius.com. You could go get the book, The Generosity Practice, and go to innatemarketinggenius.com forward slash assessment and do the assessment. Get started. Uh, do it. So important for coaches to know how to market. And especially, I love this whole arc, marketing archetype. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, dear listener, for being with us. Another edition of the coaching show behind us uh, each week, bringing you people that you need to know something about, you need to learn from, or pioneers in the field of coaching. I thank you for listening this week and every week as we are in our 19th year of the coaching show. Crazy, right? Um, all right, Alex, if that's it for you, if that's it for you, Christina, I say to you, dear listener, thanks for being with us. And we'll talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.